This message was recorded during a live service at Temple Baptist Church in Fargo, North Dakota. Thanks for joining us as we love God, share life, and serve Christ. Let's pray together and then I'll share from Romans chapter 12 and the verses are in the bulletin so you might have already read them. Lord, thanks. Thanks for the beautiful morning again. I just am so glad as I watched out the window yesterday at raining. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Romans chapter 12 that has been the place where we have fixated. I think it's been a healthy fixation. And as we continue that, Lord, please use my thinking to help us all grow. But more than that, Lord, by your spirit, help us to connect with loving you in a deeper, very real way as described in Romans chapter 12. Lord, I would ask for that favor, that blessing, that gift in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 12, that's where uh, back in the fall we started uh, our attention on Romans 12. We, uh, we sort of left that because of the, all the, the stuff that happened and I, I felt led to, to kind of go in directions that were on my heart. And now as we are sort of coming back to more of, I don't know, is it normal? Um, I've wanted us to, to think about Romans 12 some more. So that's what I've, I've directed us to do. A couple weeks ago, I looked at Romans 12 as a, as a whole picture again. And today I want to focus in on some verses that I feel like help us understand and get hold of the important subject of loving God, uh, loving God. Those verses are printed on the bottom of the worship page in our bulletin. Uh, they're from Romans 12, verses 9 through 12, but I, I've skipped a few verses in there, not because they're not important, but because I think when Paul was writing, he was was talking to us about loving God and he was talking to us about loving each other as as the body of believers and then he's also talking to us about loving people that aren't a part of our body people that often are like enemies in the sense that they don't understand they don't agree they don't they're not marching to the same drummer that we're marching to and so as I overviewed Romans 12, I suggested to you that we can, can look at loving each of those, loving God, loving the family of believers, and loving those outside of that family. And there are words in Romans 12 that help us understand how to do that. Okay? And that those words are especially from verse 9 to the end of the chapter. So today I want to come back to the, the point of what does it look like? What does it feel like? What can we understand about loving God 
from these verses and just in that important subject in general. Um, if you're tracking with me, and if you're not, that's okay. Um, I'm glad you're here. Uh, if you're tracking with me, you might be thinking, well, Jesus said the most important commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And so I think Romans 12 helps us get a, a deeper handle on what it feels like, what it looks like to love God. Okay, that's where I'm headed. Here are the verses that we can glean, we can harvest understanding about loving God from, okay? These words, and I, I highlighted the words in addition to listing them. Love must be sincere, so one word is sincere. Hate what is evil, so hate evil. Did that make you stop and say, loving God means hating? Well, cling to what is good. Never be lacking in zeal. I remember when I preached about this back in months earlier, the word zeal captured my attention. I'll, I'll, I'll remind us what zeal means. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Fervor is a, a, a wonderful word picture. You might remember it. I, I had to go back and review. So it's okay if you don't remember. He goes on. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. All those words help us understand what it means to love God. I want to talk about loving God. First thing I notice and I think about loving God is that loving God is simple. You might say, wait a minute. You serious? I am. You know, I was thinking, what would be a good picture from our everyday life about loving God? And you know what the picture was I settled on? It's a, a three-year-old girl loving her mom. <laughs> I, I think about that because I have grandchildren that are right around that age. So I get to see it firsthand quite a bit. And I think that loving God is just as simple as a three-year-old loving her mom. You know, can a three-year-old really contribute anything to a mom's life? Well, yeah, you're right. Mom's, Glory's a mom. She says, of course. <laughs> She's also a grandma, so she knows this three-year-old love thing. It, that, that's true. The love contributes, absolutely. But, you know, think about it. Think of the mom's job. You know, I don't know, whatever it is, going to work or... Uh, you know, working at the house, maybe maybe helping with some of the things around the house. Can three-year-olds take some of that burden from a mom's shoulders? Probably a three-year-old adds to that burden, right? But yet, there is a simplicity to the love of a three-year-old for her mom. 
And, and there's something about that love. It doesn't really add anything to the mom as far as workload benefit or financial help or, you know, time savings. Maybe when that three-year-old grows up and is a teenager, maybe she'll help around the house and change that a little bit. But <laughs> James is saying, oh, and that didn't happen around my house. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't. Anyway, but, but as a three-year-old, the mom just really doesn't get any personal benefit except love. And think about it for a second. When we love God, do we benefit him any? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we're we're kind of like three-year-olds, you know? You know, three-year-old is about the age where the little girls and little boys start to want to say no all the time and do their own thing even though they can't do it, you know, tie their own shoes and put on their own clothes and and it just makes mom's job harder. But there's love there. And that love is so important to mom and the, and the little girl. When we think about loving God, do we contribute anything to God's rule of the universe? <laughs> what we contribute probably isn't much help. God doesn't say, love me, because he needs something out of us, or he's going to get some kind of benefit from us, or we're going to somehow participate with him in creation of a greater and better universe. And yet, God says, that's the most important thing you can do, love me. And it's as simple. It is as simple as a three-year-old daughter loving her mom. And God says, yes, yes. You know, when I think about the simplicity of it, I realize it's simple, and that means it's not complicated. There's a lot of times we make loving God complicated oh, that has been the case through history think about how you complicate loving God you know you establish these elaborate rituals and sacrifices think about people who have who have wanted to love God and and they have exercised that in very complicated ways and they've lost it they've lost it because the simplicity of loving God is not complicated. God isn't asking us to make it complicated. And in these words in Romans 12, let's don't make it complicated, okay? Complicated is when we have detailed rules. I mean, you know, we make rules for everything. Some households live on rules, and I, I don't, that's not all bad. I, I, it's good for kids to have rules and, I, I, you know, lists and jobs, and I, I get that. But the simplicity of a three-year-old loving her mom 
is not based on rules. It's not. As we read these verses in Romans 12, let's don't turn them into rules. Let's keep them simple. Because loving God, it, it really is simple. But I also think that loving God is not easy. It's simple, as simple as a three-year-old who loves her mom. Let's don't complicate it. Let's don't add rules and rituals and, you know, hype. And let's don't turn it into some kind of complicated thing. But let's not equate simplicity with easy. And that's where I want to land in these verses. It, it's not easy because love is all about the heart. And if we know anything about ourselves, we know what the psalmist said so well. The heart is deceitful. Who can really understand it? I love Psalm 139. Are you familiar with Psalm 139? It's okay if you're not. Psalm 139 talks about how God knows all about us. He, he knit us together in our mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knows all about our days before one of them happens. And then Psalm 139 ends with these words, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. I know my heart too well, God. I, I can't figure it out. Completely help me and lead me into your everlasting way. Psalm 139, that's where it ends. And that's what I want us to do in the, in the minutes we have here. I, I better check my minutes, huh? Ooh, I got to hurry. I, I want to check our hearts with these words from Romans 12 that describe the simplicity of loving God, but they don't make it easy, okay? Don't equate easy with simple. Okay? Sincere. The word sincere is the word not mixed. It's really the word for pure in the sense that it's not contaminated. Uh, boy, if, if anything in recent weeks has happened to me, it is to challenge my sincerity. Oh, I'm not near as sincere as I thought I was. I, I, I don't like wearing masks. I, I don't like this. Well, there's a lot of things that I have trouble with. It's a good thing that there's people like Grant in my life, like last week I picked on Grant. It's a good thing people like Grant in my life because if it, I, I, would, I could easily go into that side of our society that is, is just turned off and angry and frustrated at this foolishness. 
And I can't believe that's in my heart and it's there. The racial stuff. I, I, if you would have asked me a six months, a year ago, are you, you know, are, do you have racial biases? I would have said, well, of course not. I mean, come on. And now I'm not so sure. I may, I may have biases I don't even know. I mean, it's like I, they don't even register with me. They're so ingrained, so much a part of my life that I can't even recognize them. This crisis, can, you, can I use that word without meaning too much by it? The disease, the, the social unrest, the, the, the dissension that is swelling up by so many election year. I mean, don't get me started. I hate elections anyway. It has challenged my sincerity and I have come up lacking. I'm not near as sincere as I thought I was. I'm not near as pure. I'm not near as uncontaminated. I have a lot more mixed inside of me than I ever, ever thought. And God says, I want, I want your love to just be sincere. Just, just pure, not mixed with, okay, if I love you, God, Answer my prayers, right? Keep me from getting sick, right? Make sure my, my family's good, right? Make sure all this goes good, right? Make sure my job hangs together, right? Make sure our church stays together, right? Can I just love God like a three-year-old loves her mom and not be caught up in what I want God to do for me? Then my love begins to approach the sincerity that he says here, love must be sincere. Just pure love. Three-year-old who loves her mom. Hate and cling. Really, the word hate is the word to be repulsed by. We think of hate as an emotion, but when Paul wrote this, he's saying, run away from evil. You see evil and you, you avoid it. You get away from it. And what you run to, what you cleave to, is good. So the hate evil, cleave to good, is really the same idea. You run away from evil. He doesn't mean hate it. doesn't mean, you know, look at these, look at the people on the other side of the political spectrum and see how terrible they are and hate them and put on Facebook how ugly they are and, and make sure everybody knows how much you don't like what they promote. That is not what he's talking about. He's saying, run away from what is evil. Get away. Get away and cling to what is good. That The idea of clinging, that idea is... Uh, you know what I think it's pictured in so well is the Good Samaritan. Think about what the Good Samaritan had to do. He had to avoid the social pressure of staying away from the hurt guy. He had to help him. He had to use some of his own money and resources to apply first aid. He had to 
up and get away from his own activities and take this hurt guy into some place, we would say today, the hospital. And then he paid his bill and said, if there's even more to pay, I will pay it when I come back through. That is clinging to the good. That is saying, there's so much important to be done here. I am going to keep doing the good things that need to be done. We need to keep doing good things. We've got to. Loving God says good is worth doing. It's worth doing. It doesn't matter if nobody notices. It doesn't matter if you get ridiculed or put down or misunderstood. Keep doing good because that way you stay away from evil. Run away from evil. Grab on to good. Zeal. The word zeal originally is the idea of quick to diligence. Quick to diligence. See, we think of zeal as somebody with a sign, you know, holding it up and down, marching through the streets, and emotionally just putting it all out there. But what Paul was talking about is when you love God, you cannot be lazy about it. Do not be lazy. Be diligent. Don't be lazy. Loving God is not sit at home, put your feet up, enjoy the TV shows, especially if they're Christian ones. Loving God is pursuing the good, not being lazy. Haste, zeal is haste to diligence. Spiritual fervor, you might remember when we talked about this before, the word fervor is the word for boiling. It's for active. It's really the same idea. Haste to be diligent, active. God doesn't call us to sit around and, you know, I don't know, flower child. I, mean, I grew up in the 60s. Some of your glory was smiling. The word flower child meant something to glory. Some of you don't know anything about flower children, but that's all right. You know, people that don't really have much to do, they just sort of emote niceness. That is not loving God. Loving God is, is diligent, not being lazy. It's spiritual boiling. It is spiritual activity. It is spiritual involvement. Loving God is not sitting on the sidelines feeling something. Loving God is diligent activity with spiritual involvement. Serving the Lord. The word serving slave. Be a love slave. That really goes back to, to chapter 12, verse 1. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Serving the Lord. That's loving God. That, that idea of I belong to him. What, what better, what better master could we have? There is none better. 
Then he uses the words joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Uh, the insert, this, this colorful insert I got, if you're really on the ball, you remember I, I distributed that online way back in March when the whole COVID thing started. Uh, it came from some uh, a pastor I used to know. He was in Grand Forks. I was in Devil's Lake. And now they, they live, most of their ministry is in Africa, uh, less than Twyla Brickman. And she put this on her Facebook. It isn't hers. Uh, but to me, it's a perfect picture of hope. Uh, notice, uh, COVID-19 happens. I pray and wash my hands. That's what we do, right? Yeah. And sometimes that means I, I stay healthy and I keep washing my hands and I look for ways to help others. And eventually it's going to pass. It's going to come to an end. And I can say, thank you, Lord, for protecting me and giving me the opportunity to love and help others. Or maybe I, I get, get it and it isn't very, you know, I get it, but it's, you know, it's just like the flu or some other illness. And, you know, I... No big deal. I, I've been sick before. I'll be sick again. And I, I get well, and so I keep washing my hands and find ways to help and serve others and wait till it ends and say, thank you, Lord. Or I get sick, and I get extremely sick, and I end up in the hospital, and I die. And if I believe in Jesus, then I will be with him. And, you know, let's face it, I would have died one day anyway. And now I get to live with him forever. You know, the cool thing about this is no matter which direction you take, you always win. You always win. That is hope. That is hope. You see, the disease does not take away hope. Because with God, we will win no matter how it turns out, no matter which road our life has to take, it ends up we are winners because of the hope that we have in Jesus and that hope brings joy I realize if you're joyful about COVID that people may look at you like you're you're somehow the problem and not the solution I get that I mean we're going to be misunderstood I, I know but hey th there's joy there I, I really do not need to be afraid Really, truthfully, I don't. There's hope. No matter which road we go on, it'll all be okay. And that brings joy. Then he says, patient in affliction. Our afflictions, we have active endurance. When things happen, God is at work. God loves us. We love him. He promises that he will be with us and we don't have to be afraid. 
we just hang in there, we endure, we, we continue to love him, and he will work in our lives. Patient endurance and faithful in prayer. Have you ever thought about praying as loving God in action? It really is. It really is. It's saying, God, I don't understand a lot of things about life. I don't understand how my plans fit into your plans. I don't get it. I, I know that Yiddish saying, God, man plans and God laughs. I see that happening all the time. I, I know that, that my plans are not as important as I think they are. I know that, that you answer prayers different than I want sometimes. But I know in all of that, that I love you and that you love me. And so I continue to be faithful in prayer as part of my simple act of love. Loving God. I think it's simple, but it's not easy. These words help us understand some of what it means. God, help us to love you, truly to love you. Let's pray. Thanks, Lord. Thanks for a chance to share your word. As I run away quickly and go to baseball chapel, I ask you to help me to to focus there. I pray that you bring the guys there that you want to, to be a part of that. Lord, I pray that we as a church family will take loving you with the simplicity that you offer it. And we will also recognize, Lord, that there is challenge in loving you that will, will it will challenge us the rest of our lives. I pray, Lord, that loving you will grip us deeper, better than ever before. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to be notified of future messages from Temple Baptist Church, be sure to hit the subscribe button. If you would like to further connect with us, please visit tbcfargo.org. Until next time, we encourage you to join us where you are in loving God, sharing life, and serving Christ.